Welcome to the Sadler Lectures podcast. Responding to popular demand, I'm converting my philosophy videos into sound files you can listen to anywhere you can take an MP3. If you like what you hear and want to support my work, go to patreon.com sadler. I hope you enjoy this lecture. Thomas Aquinas, in Article 2 of Question 46 of the first of the second part of Summa Theologia, is grappling with some really fundamental moral questions regarding the emotion of anger. And it's not asking, is anger as such good or bad? He'll discuss that in other questions and, and articles, but he's thinking about the object, the objectum, what it is that anger is, you could say, aiming at, but also oriented by whether that is good or bad, or if you like, good or evil. And I, I do have to point out, you notice that I often use the Blackfriars translation. This is a case where the Blackfriars, because of the particular translator, could lead you a little bit astray because they title this, is the object of anger agreeable or disagreeable, which makes it sound more or less about being pleasant or, or unpleasant or painful, when really it's very, very straightforward. The article is utrum objectum irai, whether the object of anger sit bonum, good, good per se, vel malum, bad or evil. There's no qualification of agreeable or disagreeable, painful or pleasurable, although that will come up a little bit in the discussion as kind of an adjunct. Here we're actually talking about these basic modalities. Is it good? Is it bad? And this is also a very interesting article in the way that it's structured. Usually what Thomas likes to do is bring up three possible arguments. And then there's the on the contrary, and he'll bring up, you know, like one possible counter argument. Then he'll tell you his thing. And then he'll talk about the initial arguments and his replies to these objections, right? In this case, he actually says at the end, the difficulties have been duly answered. Patet Responsio ad objecta in the Latin. So he's not actually going to address them individually. The other thing that's kind of unusual, he's, he's going to bring up two different counter positions. So the first one, he says that seems that the object of anger is bad. Why? Gregory of Nyssa, somebody who talks a lot about anger, says that anger is, as it were, the armor bearer of desire. An armor bearer is somebody who carries your armor and helps you out, right? And it's the armor bearer of desire. Desire concupiscentiae in the sense that it attacks whatever would frustrate desire. So whatever is going to put up quite literally in the Latin an impedimentum, a, a block, an impediment in your way, whatever frustrates that, that's what anger turns against. And so anger is looking at that as something that is bad. So that tells us that the answer is it's something disagreeable or bad. The second one, anger and hatred have a common effect they produce the same thing in that both seek what? To injure another person in ferre, literally to impose or carry on to nocumentum alteri. So nocere is to hurt or to injure another person. What is it that anger and hatred both want? They're the same thing, right? They just want it in rather different ways. So what this means is that since the object of hatred is the bad, 
right? It wants to impose something bad. Well, then the same must be true of anger. Okay, so now we've got two things arguing for the object of anger being bad. The third one has to do with what anger is produced by. It says sadness or pain. Tristitia is the Latin and that's what Thomas uses. Typically the, the sources that he is bringing up would use dolor, pain, or in Greek, lupe. So anger in Aristotle's definition, which Thomas you know relies upon, is caused by pain. It is with pain, right? but he's going to say sadness. I think that works. There's like a whole range of emotion that is involved with anger. So since it rises from sadness, and since the object of sadness is bad, right? You're not sad about good things. You're sad about bad things. Anger, its object must be bad as well. So now we've got three arguments for anger having a badness, malum, as its object. What about goodness? So here we get to other aspects of anger. And he says, Augustine says anger craves revenge, vindicta, right? So vindication is another way of putting this. That's what anger is oriented towards. In the Greek, timoresis, retribution or revenge or ways we can translate this. So Thomas says the desire for revenge is... Now here's something interesting. It is not just for something agreeable, it is for something good. Why? Why is Thomas endorsing revenge seeking? He says that revenge is a matter of justice. So insofar as vindication, the retribution that anger is aiming at, is viewed as just, whether wrongly or rightly, it is viewed as a good thing by the person who is trying to impose it, the person who is angry and acting on that. So he says, hence, the object of anger is the good. Thomas will call this in other places the difficult good, right? The good that requires us to protect it or contend in order to achieve it. Another argument, he says, hope always accompanies anger and also anger is gratifying. So here's where we see delectatio being brought up. And that could be also translated as delight or pleasure. So anger involves these things, at least when you actually attain the vindication that you're aiming at. But it can also be delightful to think about the hope. And so he says, since anger involves these, the object of anger is agreeable. What do we make of all of this? This is when Thomas thinks we need to analyze the way anger works and compare it to other emotions. And we do that by starting with some really basic points about how the emotions and the, we could call them movements, the motus, the reactions of the appetitive part of ourselves, how that actually works. So Thomas is going to say an appetitive reaction, a motus, a movement, literally. Now it's translated here presupposes, but the Latin is actually sequitur. So that means to follow. So it follows a cognitive or perceptual act, apprehensiva, right? So apprehensiva could be including the cognitive, the specifically thoughtful part, right? We have angry thoughts. Ooh, that person injured me. Let me go get revenge. It could also involve perception. And remember that in Aristotle's definition of anger way back in ancient Greece, which Thomas is familiar with from the rhetoric, anger involves perception, right? Uh, actually in two different ways. So he goes on and he says, in this act of apprehending, we can have two different 
kinds of objects. There can be an in-complex, and the Latin there literally is in-complexi, uno modo per modum in-complexi. And he says, for example, when we understand what a human being is. So when we're thinking about human nature, human beings, and we are grasping that that's an incomplex object. I mean, is it really? We could debate that, right? Because human nature is kind of complicated, but we can also have a complex object. And what does he mean there? Things have been literally folded together. So grasping that a human being is white, right? So he says, in both of these ways, there can be an appetitive reaction that follows this complex or incomplex cognitive or perceptual act, right? So the appetitive reaction, literally reaching out to something used in a generic sense, can be to the good or to the bad, to what we grasp, not just cognitively, but affectively as good or bad, what we feel to be good or bad. And so he says, what happens in these cases? Well, let's think about different emotions. When the object is simple and incomplex, the appetite simply pursues or clings to what is agreeable and shrinks from what is disagreeable. And he's using a lot of different uh, terms here that are translated with, with synonyms. Basically, it tries to avoid or push away or flee from, I mean, we could actually play off of the word here, refugere in Latin, to take refuge from, right? To say, get out of here, get, get this away from me, or it can cleave to, cling to in hierare, or aim at, you know, strive for the, the good, depending on how it perceives it. So what are examples of these emotions? He says, reactions of this sort, movements of these sort, are hope, space, delectatio et tristitia, delight and sadness, and others, and so on, right? Et alia huis modi, and others of this sort. So that's when it's simple. What if it's complex? What if we're grasping something complex? He says, when the object is complex, the appetite is concerned with something that is good or bad that is in something else. So I like, I love, I have this good, warm, fuzzy feeling towards you as an intelligent person, right? There's a complex thing there. There's intelligent, and then there's the you. And if I'm loving you, I love both of these aspects of. If I'm like, well, I hate your guts because you are an abusive person. You're always being mean to me, right? The abusiveness is the one part. And then the you is that the abusiveness, you could say, is in or comes from is the other part. And both of them are bad, right? And so I, I react in that way. And so he says, love and hatred are clear examples of this, right? When we love someone, we want... Now, notice what he says here. He's kind of shifting things a little bit. It's not just I'm reacting to what's in the person. We actually want something good for that person. I love my child. I want them to have a good school experience, right? I hate my child. I want them to have a bad school experience, right? And I want something bad for them. And so he says, there's something like this in anger, but it works differently in anger, right? How so? Well, this is where we get to the complex of the complex. He says, when a person is angered, they seek 
to avenge themselves on another person. So they're aiming at vindicta, vindicatio, vindication, retribution. They want that on that other person. And so they are oriented both towards that person and towards the vindication that they're seeking. So he says, anger reacts in two directions towards the vindication, the revenge, right? Which it desires and hopes for appetite as what? As something good under the, he says, secret quotum bonum, as a certain kind of good, right? And he says, unde de ipsa delectator. And it takes some delight in that. So there's both the aspect of like good per se or good in this way. And then there's the pleasant. So that's one side of anger. The revenge part, yay, good. I like that. I'm seeking that. Then there's the second part aimed at. And now notice the terminology that he uses here. He says it also aims at this person that is trying to get at secret in contrarium at nocivum, right? So it's treating the person as somebody who opposes, somebody who contradicts or is against you, contrarium, right? You're contrary. You don't mix with this and as harmful, nocivum, somebody who is hurting you. That's how they made you angry in the first place. And in that respect, they are viewed as bad. He doesn't say as unpleasant in this case. He just says, So they're being looked at as bad, right? So anger incorporates both of these sides to it. So what is its object? Uh, Is it good? Is it bad? Well, it's actually both. And it's both by the very nature of anger and how it works. This, Thomas says, is very important because it allows us to distinguish anger and the way it works from love and hatred, which are also kind of complex in this way, but are either all aimed at the good or all aimed at the bad. So he says, anger always has a twofold object, whereas love and hatred may have only one. For example, speaking of loving or hating wine, (laughs) getting away from a person, you love wine, great. You love wine. You have a warm, fuzzy feeling toward it. You hate wine. You have a cold, prickly feeling towards it, as we used to say back in elementary school. And positive and negative affective reactions. That's very simple. When love is, you know, aimed at a complex object, both of the objects are agreeable. Both what is loved and the person for whom it's loved are viewed as good, right? With hatred, it's the opposite. Both objects of hatred are bad. In hating a person, you find them bad and you wish them bad. Anger has an agreeable object, the revenge, the vindication that you're seeking, or a good object, object that's viewed as good, and a bad object, the person by whom one has been injured and on whom one seeks revenge. And he he closes with this very interesting observation. Anger, as an emotion, as a passio, is made up in a sense, is composed of contrary emotions. It is two uh, different drives, we could say, mixed in there together, right? And he says this, composita ex contrarius passionibus, right? So that is a very interesting thing to say about anger. One of the most complex and often perplexing of the human emotions. To go back to the central question, what is the object of anger? It's both good 
and bad, both of them interconnected with each other. Special thanks to all of my Patreon supporters for making this podcast possible. You can find me on Twitter at Philosopher70, on YouTube at the Gregory B. Sadler channel, and on Facebook on the Gregory B. Sadler page. Once again, to support my work, go to patreon.com Sadler. Above all, keep studying these great philosophical works.